1: Be sure to check out our laser engraving, personalization options, and exclusive colors on the website, bringing a blank one on Amazon Prime. So, I was dreaming a few days back, trying to figure
0: out where the top production capacity of the current space that we are in would be. Now, for those of you who've been fans of the podcast for a while and were listening during our Christmas episodes or listening to the episode about Christmas, you'll know that this last year, our bottleneck heavily was in the engraving room. We had to keep the engraving room running 12 hours a day, which means that we had to do split shifts. Um, and even at that point, it was still pretty imbalanced. Now, the big issue was partially because, obviously, there, it's, there's only so many machines an individual person can run, so we needed to have more people in the room. But moreover, the bigger issue was that we had just launched the Zakeki customizer, <clears throat> and people needed to know... And we, we had the problem where people could customize things in a way that was not very efficient for our operations and also meant that people added a lot more logos, bigger engravings that took a lot longer time to do. So <clears throat> this changed our strategy a little bit when we were talking about what's the top line of the, of the location, right? We, we kind of had realized that we were like, well, we can't really make the lasers go any faster. Well, then a couple of months later recently, During a process of maintenance development, while we're working and developing the maintenance schedule for these laser engravers and learning more about them, um, I had kind of said, Meryl, take this ball and run with it. Figure out everything you can about these laser engravers. See if we can improve on it. And she found an option from a from a leather company, not a leather company, excuse me, a laser company and the laser company offering, uh, you know, their product had lasers that could go over twice as fast. I may have mentioned these, I did mention this in the previous podcast, but one of the things that came up in this analysis was saying, okay, well, if these laser engravers can go over twice as fast as our current engravers, with enough, enough operators in the room and the machines going twice as fast, we may be able to actually balance out the bottleneck issue that we've been having at the workshop, where we can get the six assembly desks filled with six assembly people, and we could have The laser engravers, an operator for each two machines going twice as fast as the previous machines were or faster in that many cases. We could have an additional set of cutters and all these other things that we could do to get this properly set up.
1: And with the workshop having 20-something people in it, we could produce an enormous amount of business. Probably at least eight times what we did, maybe more. And That's a pretty exciting thing to think about when you think about it. It is really exciting. And I was all gung-ho about
0: this, and I was very excited because, you know, we've got a couple of options. We've had a couple of businesses, big businesses, with our new business-to-business adventure that are working on, how do I say it? There's a couple of options for really big orders in the tens of thousands of dollars range. And a lot of those orders, though, would put us in a situation where our consumer side would be, It would be difficult to do both what we're currently doing on our consumer side and that massive order. And so we have this long kind of discussion about, well, what would would we do in that case? And realistically, the simple answer is to say, well, let's replace one or two of the machines, laser engravers, with faster machines, which would functionally increase our production capabilities. And then the idea was, well, let's just replace all of them and have our entire engraving room swapped out. And that'd be very exciting, but it would cost us something like $50,000 to do that all in all. I was thinking, I'm like, okay, well, you know, if we had $50,000 and we spent $50,000 in replacing all the laser equipment and the machines could go that fast, that'd be great. But it dawned on me, and I started doing the math backwards, even if we could produce the amount of product with 20-ish people and a laser engraving, you know, and a system that could produce, was like, okay, well, what would that look like from a, what would that look like from a, a supply standpoint? And after doing some math, and realizing that the goal basically, if we, so if we could truly get this machine, this process to work the way it's supposed to with all of the engravers and all the assembled people and all the things that we talked about, we would potentially be able to produce as much business in the last two months of the year as we did in the entire last year. Should be really exciting. and be incredible. But the cost of goods sold, the materials to do that would be enormous. It would be an entire year's worth of materials, which could we get it? Maybe. We probably could, and we could probably do it if we started early enough in the acquisition process. But here's the issue, and here's the real crux of the matter. We don't have the cash that we would need. We don't have access to the capital that
1: we would need to buy all of those raw materials. Could I go borrow more? Sure. I've already extended our you know, borrowing out
0: farther than I was normally, would normally be comfortable with. And yes, we've had a really good success this month so far, this for the first half of this month in bringing in sales and changing out the marketing was a big piece of that puzzle and things have been going well. April is normally a good month for us, so it's hard to
1: know exactly what's playing into this. But a bigger question comes up, which is, how do we deal with an opportunity to make the workshop work the way I've always dreamed of it working? as fast as it can, and in a really very revenue-centric you know, way, without borrowing more money? And the answer is, you really can't. And so this has kind of become the problem with this Christmas killer. Because even if we got these machines, the process of buying the machines would eliminate our ability to buy enough of the supplies to take advantage
0: of the machines. And so we'd have all of these employees and all of this assembly capability and all of this and we would not have any raw materials. We would not have enough raw materials for them to make all of the products
1: that we would be able to sell. And on the flip side, if we don't do anything different than last Christmas, we're going to have exactly the same problem we had last Christmas. So there's a middle ground somewhere. And what that middle ground is, I don't have a good answer for yet. And it's hard to tell because, for example, if our sales go crazy, if we have a bunch of big business-to-business orders, maybe we could. Maybe we would have a need to buy those machines. And if we had a couple of, ten, if, if we had orders, if we had a handful of orders that were more than $10,000, tens of thousands of dollars, perhaps they're, they're speed
0: requirements, the fact that these people would need them in a relatively quick period of time would justify the reasoning to say, okay, well, we need to buy the equipment. And it would be arguably possible for us to say that these orders are above and beyond what our normal orders would be during this time, and we could sustain on just our normal orders alone. And so these big orders, beyond the cost of their
1: materials, fundamentally is mostly profit. And if we say, okay, these are mostly profit," so we're buying machines with profit. Excellent, right? That's good. So maybe that's one way we could pull it off, right? If that happened, maybe we could do this. Maybe we could say,
0: okay, we can buy these machines. And then maybe we could say, yeah, we can, bar- we can start ramping up the purchasing of our raw materials in time. But if those don't happen, and that's the most likely case scenario, then we have to come up with this decision to say, okay, if we were on this relatively stable path that we are working on creating, things are continuing to go forward at their predictable, hopefully intentionally predictable uh, pace, and we're making progress on our goals,
1: we need to figure out the right number of fast machines to buy and the right amount of raw materials to start ramping up.
0: To do that, we need to come up with what's considered a cash outlay and a cash schedule. So we need to be able to say, okay, what is the money that we expect to come in and when? What is the money that we know is going to go out and what money do we think will go out on the top of that or in addition to that? Or what money do we think will go out at some point in the future? And then we have to be able to say, okay, if this is what we really think our retained profitability is going to be, our retained earnings and our profitability overall is going to be, this is the amount of cash that we'll have at this point in time, how much can we borrow of our supplies ahead of time? Because the problem with us and the problem with our business is that our busy season happens the last two months of the year. And it's hard to know how busy those seasons are going to be six months in advance. But we can't buy a year's worth of leather that, we, you know, considering the top line, we can't buy what would have been last year's worth of leather in September and say we need it in November or October and say we need it in November, right? We have to buy that. We have to say that to them in July and they've got to, they're going to be shipping out those batches as soon as they're done. And, but it's going to be a lot of batches. There's going to be a lot of mills that are going to come out of that leather process. And those mills are going to need to get paid for. Even on net 30 terms, if you've got a mill that's for Christmas and you've got net 30 terms and it comes in July, you still have to pay it in August, even if you don't have the money
1: coming in from Christmas yet. And this creates a bit of a financing problem. Now, <clears throat> a bunch of companies are happy to lend me money to buy inventory,
0: but that goes back to the problem: how far out are we willing to extend ourselves? We've already got, we're already extended out, like I said, farther than I'd like us to be. So I've got to create this schedule. I've got to figure out what is a realistic number for us to say we could actually have in profitability. What's the realistic cash outlays that we're going to have in the third quarter when we're going to really need to be aggressively pushing on our supply chain to get us stuff? How far can we push that off and push that back? And how far, if we push that off, push that back, are we risking? You know, how much are we risking at our Christmas time? And how will the
1: business-to-business sales change our Christmas? And that's a very big X factor. Because for all I know, we're going to have
0: exactly the same consumer Christmas we had this last year, and we're going to have exactly that same number twice, you know, for our business sales. Because all of a sudden, now we've got a marketing team and a marketing process that's specifically designed to target businesses saying, hey, check out these amazing gifts for your employees. Let's get this order taken care of. And who knows, maybe we can actually successfully push our Christmas orders for businesses into October. That'd be excellent. October is normally very slow for us. If we can take most of those business orders and put them in October, And we can spread out that manufacturing season to October, November, and
1: December, we'll probably be more okay. But there's a lot of X factors in this, and there's a lot of variables that make it very challenging to say what
0: is likely to happen. And so, realistically, we're gonna have to find exactly what that reasonable middle ground is for not replacing all the machines, but replacing at least one or two. And at the same time, saying, okay, how much inventory are we willing to buy? Because we don't wanna buy a ton of inventory burn up all of the cash that we could have used buying more machines and then at the end of the Christmas season have a ton of extra inventory left over. And on the flip side, we don't want to spend all that money on machines and then not have any money to buy inventory with. And if you can't tell from this podcast,
1: I don't have a good answer to this problem. I've kind of been circling around that for the last 10 minutes. And it's really hard to come up with an answer to the question, which is, what's going to happen next. Now, to some extent, that's congratulations. If I could tell you what's going to happen next, I wouldn't be in this position. So, you have to gamble one way or the other. You can mitigate some of your gambling. You can mitigate some of the risks of that gambling. You can kind of play it safe.
0: And on the flip side, if you play it safe, you do a low risk option. Functionally, the the solution to a low-risk option is to say, we're going to do exactly what we did last Christmas, but we're going to do a lot less marketing. We're going to spend a lot less marketing, and we're going to do less sales. We're
1: going to intentionally do less sales because that'll allow us to have a more stable production. And you just get into this whole cycle. But it's not easy. And unfortunately, I can dream a lot bigger than I can necessarily
0: pull off, and that creates issues. So... I think the realistic thing to say is, look, we, I, I know what I think the actual top-line capability of that workshop is. Like, What's the most product we can produce in the 2,700 square feet that we currently have? I have a pretty good handle on what that looks like, I think. It's the financing to get there and the scaling up to get there that's going to be tricky. Because without, without having some outside investment, which I don't really want, or without us borrowing an enormous amount of money, which I don't really want,
1: We've got to do it over time. We've got to basically do it out of retained earnings and profitability, and it's got to be done over years. So that's what it's going to be. I'll see if I can come up with a better answer to this question for you and share it with you
0: later. In the meantime, thank you guys for tuning in today. Be sure to check back in next Thursday for, our, for the next topic. And don't forget to check that subscribe button as well as the notification bell to get notified right away when we launch a new episode. If you have any questions or concerns about your leather binder, Journal, Folio, or anything else we sell, please feel free to contact us on the main page of our website at Murty Creative go or you can contact us via Instagram and Facebook. You can text, email, call, direct message, all the usuals. We'll do our best to get back to you as soon as possible, but we do appreciate your patience. If you have a quick question or you want to place an order over the phone, please feel free to call us at 414-434-9001. We're available Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Central Time. You can also text us at that number as well, 414-434-9001. If for whatever reason you don't get a hold of us either during business hours or after business hours, please do leave us a voicemail. We do respond to them. We do call you guys back. Uh, If you're calling about a specific order and you leave us a voicemail, please include the order number. It does help. Uh, It should be an S and then a bunch of numbers after that. That's the order identifier, and that'll help us be able to triangulate the issue. If you think we deserve it, a good review can go a long way to help us grow a new community, both a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on, as well as a review on the product itself. You go to murtycreative.co slash reviews to read all of our amazing five-star reviews. We love them. We read them. I read them out loud to the team. Um, if you want to leave us a good review, there's a button there that says leave us a good review. You click on that, it'll take you to facebook.com slash slash reviews. There's a question there. Do you recommend the Merdy Creative Company? You click yes, and then you can write your review. They're the best. If for whatever reason you'd leave us a bad review, there's another button there that says get directly in contact with us. It is deeply important to me personally that everyone has a good experience with a company, and to that end, we will do anything in our power, including recrafting, refunding, anything. We'll take care of you. We want to make this right if you're unhappy. So please, give us an opportunity to do that before you leave us a bad review. Word of mouth is the best form of advertising. Always has been, always will be. So please share the company with your friends and family. If you're going to get a little something for doing that, on the bottom left-hand corner of the website, there's a little circle. You click on that, it'll open up the rewards tab. If you're logged in and you make a purchase, you get 10% back on your purchase as in-store credit to spend on anything we sell. Similarly, you'll have a shareable link there in the bottom corner. That shareable link, if you give that to your friends and family, they get $10 off their first purchase and you get $10 back as in-store credit, which means that if you're buying... Anything that's $100 or less, you're actually better off getting the $10 and using the $10 and additionally reward points if you have them. Um, So it's a pretty good deal right there. So definitely share the company with your friends and family doing that method. That really helps us. If you have any podcast topics you want to hear more about, send them my way. I'm always happy to talk about anything. And well, there's a lot to talk about. So please feel free to reach out and tell me what you're interested in. If you're looking for multiple binders, journals, folios, anything we sell for gifts, giveaways, menus, really any reason, we do have bulk discounts built directly into our website. It's just based off the total cart quantity. So you can mix and match to your heart's desire, figure out that perfect package of gifts for yourself, for your employees, and you can check out and the discount will automatically apply. If you'd like something custom engraved, we have no minimum order quantities and no setup fees. It's a simple flat fee, normally about $15. I can go up a little bit depending on obviously the size and complexity. Most of our items are in the personalizer on our website. So you can go on them. You just click customize this item on the product page. It'll take you to another product page of custom items. When you customize that item and you add that custom logo, it actually opens up a personalizer, which allows you to upload a logo. You can add text. It's a great little product tool, so you can build out that custom thing for yourself. You click Add to Cart. You can check out, write that in there. It can be done in five minutes, and you don't have to contact us at all. If, however, you see a product that's not, that is not in the customizer and you'd like a custom logo on it, we still can offer that. You can just send us an email, sales at merdicreative.co. That's sales at merdicreative.co. Include the logo and any information you can provide about the product you're interested in, and we
1: can create a custom order link as well as a mock-up for you to use. Thank you very much and have a great day.